who is the Hindu equivalent of Satan? The big evil. Uh, we don't have one. <laughs> uh, Hail nondescript evil god. <laughs> That's why, genuinely, and I'm not just saying this to placate you, if I was going to follow a world religion, Hinduism would be the one. There's loads of stuff in there which I can get down with. It's the whole creation. We think this might have what be happened, but um, well, also, you know, maybe we it were might there. not have. Maybe. Depends. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Here, why don't you just drink some of this pot juice? We'll be fine. <laughs> Lovely. It's like, Lovely. Just so, get wasted. Uh, we'll, we'll deal with it later. Um, anyway, I'm Sean Watson. I'm Sean Watson. <laughs> and we are Commander in. Oh, God. Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never, ever talk about three banned topics. Well, we do talk about religion if it's Hinduism. Uh, Politics, don't talk about politics. Uh, And of course, we don't talk about Hearthstone. But once Arena comes out, you best believe. Yes, we might talk about Arena. Yes, good, good. Uh, You might notice, keen-eared listeners that were missing a voice this week. There's no Mr. DeLuca. Shivam, not to put you on the spot or anything, what's Phil up to? Unfortunately, Phil had to replace all of the tires on his 18-wheel semi-trailer that was lost in the desert, but he only has three tires and has to make the rest out of petrified wood. So he's going to be out there for a few minutes uh, in his adventuring game hell. Like a true green player, he's... Trying to use what nature gave him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Phil is uh, not with us because he's presumably dying in the Nevada sun. Um, <laughs> you can support us, listeners, by giving us five star ratings on iTunes or whatever method you gain your podding from. Uh, they really, really help. You can tell a friend. Um, maybe you can tell the homeless person on the local park bench. <laughs> Go listen to Commander In. You can visit us at patreon.com forward slash Commander in MTG. And if you're not a patron, let us know why. Uh, or don't. Um, it's fine. If you want to keep your money, that's okay. But it really does help to keep the show on the air. We don't have advertisers. So the only thing that keeps us going is your donations. Don't forget to visit us on YouTube, comment, rate, and subscribe. And uh, if you can play the video all the way to the end, that actually matters. Doesn't it, Shiva? Well, yeah, because once you play it all the way to the end, then it actually acts as a part of the recommendation algorithm to bounce it up in other people's views so that they can also see that it's there. If you complete a video, then YouTube knows that people watch this all the way to the end, which means it's something worth sharing with other people, which is another way we get discovered. Indeed. And often we put some silly, funny uh, stingers on the end. Samuel Jackson turns up, invites us to join a special league of content creators or something. I don't know. I can't do a Samuel Jackson impression. Please don't. Anyway... (laughs) 
What's with these mother-flipping commanders in these mother-flipping command zones? We have a wonderful show lined up for you. We are going to choose our favourite cards that were released in the calendar year of 2017 that are relevant to EDH. But first, a quick little news thing. Shivam, what have you been brewing? Well, I finally finished my Hapatra deck, and I got to try it out at GP Santa Clara a few times, and it's super fun. It turns out that putting out a ton of tokens and spreading negative one, negative ones all over the place is a really good time. So uh, I've been really enjoying finally being able to play that deck, and I'm looking forward to building my next deck, which is, I think, going to be uh, what my friend Michelle calls Kittens with Mittens. Uh, a uh, Nazan and Balam uh, deck from the C-17 using all the cats and all the equipment that I can find. Cool. Dude, Kittens, kittens with Mittens, with how mittens. can you not? It's so amazing. Kittens with Mittens is a good name for a deck. Uh, <laughs> I've not actually brewed a thing for a while uh, since Atali. So I have mostly been preparing for a Warhammer 40,000 tournament. But I'm I do got to say this one thing, though, Sean, before you talk about your 40K. You're a Tali deck. So Phil built a, a version of that deck, and he came up Yay. to uh, the Bay Area to visit me last week, or a few weeks ago now. And we sat and hung out for a few hours, and we got to play a lot of games and just chill at my game store. And he built your Atali deck. And yeah. I am telling <laughs> you, sir, that deck is brutal that deck is absurd that deck is so mean and so fun even on the other side of it when he sits and attacks you and you're flipping over the cards you're like oh crap what's he gonna get this time what's he gonna get this time oh no what did um did he run the mass land destruction yes it was so dumb he went full Mode. Oh my gotcha. god, <laughs> Sean, this is the Excellent. meanest deck you've ever built, and it's also the first super mean deck I've played against that doesn't feel bad. It like, can't be super mean, Shivam, it's mono-red. It's just, it's fun. <laughs> wow, is a deck fun, especially if you do things like, oh, you know, steal his Atali and attack him with it. That's a good time. <laughs> Man, that deck is great. It is so dumb. I love it. Um, for everyone who's read my deck list, you can stop tweeting at me that I have to add Sensei's Divining Top and Scroll Rack into it. Uh, yeah, we did. I know. It was a good I idea. Know. It was an omission. I know. Yes, adding stop Scroll Rack me. was a really, really good idea for that deck. Yeah, top deck manipulation. I was, I was too drunk on the... Uh, power of mass land destruction <laughs> to contemplate actual tactics. So I want to turn my dinosaur sideways and flip everyone the bird because dinosaurs evolved into birds, if you believe that sort of thing. Uh, I've mostly been playing 40k Shivam, so uh, sorry, my magic experience has been a little low. Um, but... If you like 40k miniatures, I'm all right at painting and my Instagram feed is almost entirely photos of my armies or painting projects. And you can get me at Raven underscore Sean. You know, I got to um, say, Warhammer is one of the things where it's like, I am so jealous and envious of people who can do that well, because <laughs> being able to like draw I and mean, being able to paint out your minis is so cool. When I used to play D&D, &D, I used to like trying to do that, but 
mine always end up looking like um, somebody dipped it in primer and then threw it in the dirt, and it's just kind of miserable. But, so you, you, you play Nurgle, because <laughs> that's what most people's Nurgle armies look like. I, I, I play uh, Pewter. My armies are all pewter. <laughs> my my Space Marine Legion is the classic Legion of Grey plastic. They're, they're all very um, platinum and chrome. I like. To- <laughs> <laughs> um, I can. I so. I, I used to work for Games Workshop. I genuinely believe to a tabletop standard, and this probably applies to deck brewing as well. Uh, or guess any creative art form you want there anyone can learn it i don't think there is a talent thing people do have talent and can be good at things naturally and exceptional at things naturally but even the most talented and exceptional people whether it's drawing writing playing music painting miniatures whatever you like deck brewing is a form of art arguably all those people that are really good at it practiced the hell out of it and had a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Yeah. Um, I've taught many people that have said what you just said, which is I will never be able to paint that now. Some of them have gone off and won competitions um, and not because of what I taught them, but because of how I taught them. And it's understanding what people want <laughs> from their art. Do you want to be the best? Do you want it to be the best for you? What does the best mean to you? Et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, that concludes the Warhammer 40k painting section of this Commander podcast. And we should probably get on to our main topic. <laughs> so 2017 hasn't just been an excellent year for US politics. <laughs> it's been an even better year for EDH, arguably. So, what me and Shivam have done, we've looked at every set. You're going to kill me, Sean. I swear to God. (laughs) Every set uh, that was released in the calendar year of 2017, with the exception of Iconic Masters and and Unglued, Hinged, Uncards. Stable. Stable. Iconic Masters, because, well, what's better, Mana Drain or Consecrated Sphinx? You know. Yeah, I mean. Iconic Masters is a really good place for a lot of great EDH reprints, but it's not really like, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's like, Elish Norn's in it. We're done. Great. Thanks. Bye. Consecrates fix it. Sheldred's in it. Urobrask's in it. Mana Drain's Voring Clicks. Anyways. You mispronounced that. It's Boring Clicks. Boring Clicks. Ah, yes. Um, the, the Mana Square. I know. Uh, yes. <laughs> so everything from Aether Revolt through to and including Ixalan, which was the calendar year released, uh, we're going to pick one card from each set in order, our favorite EDH relevant card, and we're going to discuss it. Sounds good. Shivan, would you like to start or go second? It's entirely up to you. Okay, um, I'll start. So my card from Aether Revolt, the first set of last year, was Yeheni's Expertise, the sorcery Ooh. for two and two black, which says all creatures get negative three, negative three until end of turn. And then it says you may cast a card with converted mana cost three or less for free. And this card, aside from being a really great like early game sweeper, especially against token decks, especially against just a lot of things, three, three hits a lot of things. Being able to get that free spell off the top is just fantastic. The entire expertise uh, cycle from that set was 
all of them are just like fantastic for our format. Free spells are always good. Everyone likes free spells. Any card that can effectively break the CMC of another card uh, has some value. Yeah. And this card is just so utility, beginning of game, end of game. I mean, I love it. Um, yeah, it's just fantastic. What about you, Sean? What did you pick from uh, Aether Revolt? So my Aether Revolt card probably would have been the objectively most powerful EDH card of the year. Uh, the year really got off of a bang when we saw the release of Paradox Engine. Uh, so five mana artifact, legendary artifact, not that's particularly relevant. Whenever you cast a spell, untap all non-land permanents you control. I mean... If you insist. Yeah, if I have to. I mean, twist darn. my arm here, gosh. And it's whenever you cast a spell, which means with a relatively small amount of setup, you can effectively, in the right artifact deck, like Brea decks love this thing, you're effectively going to have... Infinite infinite everything the fact that you can untap all your mono rocks all your mono vaults all of your things like your basalt monoliths all of your random things that need you to do craft to untap them gilded lotus your gilded lotai your and yeah you can't untap oh. your lands but you who cares this is all your creatures that yeah, activate all of your things that are going to set off your improvised cards i mean this is just combo city all day long now, I've not seen it in too many decks. I don't know if people you know, I think, don't rate it or whether people... You're right. I haven't actually seen it appear as often. I think it's because Brea was just already so good by itself. <laughs> that deck's disgusting. Like, yeah. I love Brea. I love my Brea deck. But um, I don't know why we haven't seen this card. I think last year there were so many good cards that came out that... And plus, Aether Revolt wasn't really opened as much as other sets. so That's true. Um, maybe people just don't have it. But frankly, I really want to build around this because I think this is just absurd. <laughs> I mean, it, untap all non-land permanents. That means even your mana dorks. That means... Yep. Oh, my God. So You can put this in an Elves deck, Elves Tribal. Okay, so just, just hear me out for a second. So let's say you've got Paradox <laughs> Engine, you've got a Gaia's Cradle, and you've got a Kiora's uh, Follower. You tap the Gaia's Cradle for blah mana, you cast something dinky, you tap the Kiora's Follower to untap the, um, the Gaia's Cradle. R rinse and repeat basically forever. Yeah, it's... Absurd. It is absurd. And with Glimpse it of Nature, you can literally key. just go infinite... Amazing key that opens many, many locks. It's so um, stupid. I put it in, a, in an Azami deck. Oh, God. Or Baral. <laughs> We're using all the wizards that tap and do stuff. Mm. Uh, obscene card. Obscene card. So I think we could probably do a whole episode on things you can do to break Paradox Engine. Maybe we should. Or Let's rather, that. things that Paradox Engine breaks. <laughs> So we should probably move on. What set came out after Aether Revolt? Uh, Amonkhet. Oh, yes. How excited were you for Amonkhet before it hit? You know, I was hesitant. But then once I saw the first few cards, I was like, oh, my God, this looks amazing. And I'll be honest, uh, Amonkhet was the most fun I had playing Magic last year. Like, I really <laughs> loved the limited format. I think a lot of the cards in it were super good. 
Um, my personal choice for my favorite card from that set is unsurprising to anybody who's ever listened to this. It's my boy, <laughs> Anointed Procession, the uh, three and a white enchantment that doubles your tokens because I love token decks and this is a white token doubler, which means, yes, it went slam dunk into my soldier's deck. This is the card I've always wanted. I am so happy to have it. <laughs> and, and some beautiful artwork by oh, yeah. a friend of the show. Victor... Uh, Victor Adame. Yeah, he, he signed it for me when we were at uh, Vegas. And, man, I love this card. Every time I play it, I am happy. And I make a jillion, jillion, jillion soldiers, and everybody else is unhappy, and I like that. Yeah, I don't like Anointed Procession because of all the reasons you do like it. So that should tell you <laughs> it's a good card. It's everything I want. Because <laughs> oh, white needed that power that green had. Well, I think that when Anointed Procession comes out, what's the green equivalent called? I always forget. Uh, doubling season? No. no, there's one that is literally... Oh, uh, parallel Lives? Um, no. Parallel Lives, yeah. that's it. They should destroy, burn all copies of Parallel Lives and say green doesn't get to do this anymore. It's just white now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my Amonkhet... I really struggled over my Amonkhet card. So the one I picked isn't objectively the most powerful card. And in fact, there's a card that I think is tragically underrated. But I use him a lot to a lot of... Um, to a, a great effect, powerful effect, which is Kefnet the Mindful. So he's a legendary creature god. He's two and a blue. He's flying and indestructible. Can't attack or block unless you have seven or more cards in your hand. And you can pay three and a blue to draw a card and then may return a land card you control to its owner's hand. So that's mega cheap. Three mana for potentially. I mean, the blue deck, it's not hard to draw cards, is it? No. But, man, this card is great. Um, you get extra utility out of your land cards. Like, multiple bogging people is really, really good. And drawing a card for the privilege as well. Oh, yeah. It doesn't say basic land. It just says land. Yeah. So all your oh. uh, ETB lands you get to reuse with Kefnet. God, this is. I'm going to have to put this into my uh, blue-green ramp deck that I've been planning. Because I didn't realize that that just said land. Because that means yeah. that if you've got, like, Explore Out or if you've got all those other cards that give you extra land drops, you can do silly, silly things with this. You can. Wow. He, he's really underrated. And is it he or she, Kef? I think Kefnet's one of the two male ones. It's a god. Ones, I don't know. It? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bird. He's indestructible. Uh, That's the important part. I and it's not hard in our format, especially in that color, to have seven cards in your hand. So three mana for a 5-5 five, five flying indestructible. That's a bit of a bargain. Yeah, no, this a is... A bit of a bargain. This is a great card. Yeah, underrated. I think you can get him very cheap. But yeah, so <laughs> my pick for uh, Hour of Devastation was a really surprising uh, card shift for one of the greatest cards in our format, Crucible of Worlds. I picked uh, Ramanup Excavator, which is the two and a green Naga Cleric, which says you may play land cards from your graveyard, which is just so good, especially in my... Um, in my Titania deck, where you're pitching lands to the graveyard to get dudes, 
you can just being able to play them back from your graveyard, putting people into, you know, wasteland locks, putting people or just just being able to recycle your lands. It is I mean, everything that makes Crucible of Worlds into like a seventy dollar card is just as good in Robin Up Excavator. Yeah. He's excellent. Uh, he's great in Golgari decks because yeah, you can absolutely. normally get him back if he dies. And there's often a lot of land type shenanigans you can do in Jared type decks. Yeah, it's a good. It, you'll see it. It's like I don't have seventy dollars to spend on a Crucible of Worlds. I do have a couple of three dollars for this Robin guy. Yeah, uh, a great card. It kind of went under the radar a bit, I think, when our came out. Of devastation. Yeah, but it's just this is going to be a utility card for EDH pretty much forever. Forever. Like yeah, this is great. always going to be good. It's just such a solid, solid effect. A card you always want to see. I mean, yeah, it's a creature. Yeah, it dies to you, Henny. But um, <laughs> what does? Well, this is EDH. Know. Your creatures are going to die. That's just going to happen. Your artifacts aren't exactly going to live for that much longer. So, I would put that aside, and I think this is definitely worth a spot in your ninety-nine. Yes, if I played green, I would agree. <laughs> my, my Hour of Devastation card, I couldn't... I know we did an episode on him, so we won't talk about him too much. The Scarab God. I couldn't not pick the best Demir legendary creature well, we've seen in a long, long time. time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So three and a Demir for a legendary creature god. He's a 5-5. Five, five. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses X life and you scry X, where X is the number of zombies you control. Yeah, that's pretty good. The real good bit, though, Really good is, in room, Yeah, He's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> the real good bit is two and a Demir <laughs> for exile target creature card from a graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of it, except it is a 4-4 black zombie. Hmm. Also, when he dies, return it to his own. Because hand why not, instead. right? Yeah, because yeah, it, command attacks is for losers, right? Now the thing um, is, if you've seen any st- standard tournament for the past year, you are very familiar with Scarab God because he is broken in half. This is one of the most powerful yeah. cards they've printed in years. I think even <clears throat> my goodness, Shivam is dying. Well, it's um, a, it's okay. If I die, you'll just uh, bring him back as a 4-4 black zombie. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then, dra- then drain my opponents for an extra one. I've seen people do so many <laughs> stupid things with this card. He's sensational. I love him. I absolutely love him. Well, yes, I would love to take your Verderous Gear Hulk from your graveyard, bring it back as a 4-4 zombie that also gets its ETB trigger. Sure, why not? Why not? Why not? And in EDH... Why, yes, I'll take the worm coil engine. Why, yes, I'll take your... Literally everything. Eternal Witness, which is also a 4-4 black zombie. (laughs) Yeah, or, you know, target your Simic Sky Sovereign, because it's not hexproof and shroud in the graveyard. No, it is not. Uh, It's just Sky Swallower. Sky Swallower, you're right. Um, And also Exiles the card from the graveyard. Because why not? It doesn't bring back the card. (laughs) So it's even better. So problem cards in opponents' graveyards uh, that they keep recurring, because that's a thing. Exile that bad boy. This card is stupid. You all know it's stupid. It's also amazing. Moving on. Moving on. Uh... What came out after this? We we went on to Commander 2017. Yes. At this point. So my choice... What was your... 
favorite pick from this. Oh, man. Commander 2017 had so many good cards that I just really, really loved. And uh, we already talked about, like, a lot of the commanders and stuff from it. So I'm going to stick with the actual card, like, not commander that was in there that I loved, which was Teferi's Protection, which is the most unique design they've done since Mirage. Uh, two and a white <laughs> for an instant that says, until end of turn, uh, until your next turn, your life total can't change and you have protection from everything. All permanents you control phase out. Exile Teferi's Protection. Yep. This card is the best get-out-of-jail-free card I've seen in forever. It's just like, oh, you're board wiping? Uh, you know, I'm going to sit this one out, guys. Good luck. Hey, everyone. I'm going to resolve uh, this Armageddon, and then I'm going to Teferi's Protection. <laughs> Sucks to be you. <laughs> um, even if you're not abusing Methland Destruction with it, just, it is Just being able to put pause, powerful. just to be able to hit pause when people are doing dumb things. This card is mm. phenomenal. Any deck that can run it should run it. It's just, it's because they changed the- I mean, it's got to be like five mana, right? Yeah, I mean, it should be. And they changed the rules <laughs> because before when you phased out, all of your tokens would die because like the rules were if your tokens change um, zones, they disappear. They change the rules so that in phasing, your tokens do not disappear anymore. So if you're playing a deck like mine, which spams out 150 million soldier tokens, feel free to phase the entire team out because they'll still be there after you hit Wrath of God. It is I've, that good. I've been on the back end of it where I'm like, right, finally I can right, decree of pain, wipe the table, draw a whole bunch of cards. Oh, to phrase protection. Yep. Sugar. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, whoops. Well, I guess GG. <laughs> love it. I love this card. Yeah, and I love Teferi the character. It's nice to see him back, even if he is now casting white spells. I look forward to seeing what he's doing in uh, Dominaria when he comes Dominaria. back. Dominaria. That's going to be awesome. I told you, Yorgmoth's coming back for Dominaria. Oh, man, I am so excited. <laughs> but what do you got out of Commander? So I'm not a big tribal guy, as well you know. So this was a difficult set for me. While I think they were beautiful and elegant decks, the four that were made, if you're not into tribal, you had to root around a bit more to find the ones that really appealed to you. So I picked a slightly wacky one, which was Fractured Identity. It's a sorcery for three, a white and a blue. Exile target, non-land permanent. Each player, other than its controller, creates a token that's a copy of it. So... Not only do you not get to play with your best toy, we all do get to play with your best toy. How very group huggy. Very political. Well, yeah, you could do some funny things with it, though. Like, um, if you put this in a Zedru deck, you play your grid monitor and just go, bam. Every, all, of, all of you get a 4-4 creature. That means none of you can play creatures. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is this just it's a fun card. It's a fun, fun card. I think it's very situational. It just, it, it gets the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, it gets the Johnny juices going. Because it's a non-land permanent, you could do things like, I'm going to exile your soul ring and give everybody else a soul ring. <laughs> I will take that, you know, Gilded Lotus. Or I will take, I mean, there's just a stupid amount. I've of seen someone hmm? playing a Golgari deck. And they were also running Sword of Feast and Famine. And someone fractured identity their Sword of Feast and Famine. So everyone else got a 
artifact that gave them pro their deck. <laughs> that was quite good fun. You know what's fun? If you were to like nuke somebody's uh, Arjun, for instance, and suddenly everybody is playing with the... <laughs> Everyone's mind boiling. Yeah, right? Oh, God. Mind moil all day long. Just suddenly you're like, what the hell is even happening with my deck anymore? Oh, God. Man, at GP Santa Clara, uh, I played against a guy who was playing a Storm Mind Moil deck. It was, oh it was, it was a whole lot of shuffling and flipping and shuffling and flipping in Crazy Town. I think there's a point with that. You go, uh, just pick up your deck and play what you want. Well, out we of were it. all just really because you have access to it all. We were so confused with what his deck was actually trying to do that we just let him go through the motion to figure it out it was it was a good was time. It a lab maniac win i have no idea because he lost like immediately afterwards but it was it was hilarious <laughs> oh we've all been in those games where your opponent's taken a 30 minute turn and then just dirtles out they've ended up with nothing better on the they got a load of cards in play but no one's taken any damage no one's been controlled at all and you're like great that's wonderful well done. Oh, uh, listeners, because this is going to be a less edited show than all, can hear my family getting up for the day. Hi, family. <laughs> so that was my pick. So the last set of the year snuck just in there right at the end, didn't it? Was actually Ixalon 1. Yes, Ixalon 1. Which sounds like a spaceship <laughs> or a drug. Uh, the doctor prescribed me Ixalon 1, told me to take it three times a yeah, day with you know, food. If, uh if you find yourself growing hot dog fingers, please cease and call your doctor immediately. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing. Ixalan has so many interesting cards for EDH. I mean, yes, there's the four tribal components, which are pretty interesting by themselves. But for me, the card that just like that I've been testing and playing with in Hapatra that blow my mind is growing rights of Itlamok. Because first off, uh, it's a legendary enchantment for two and a green that uh, when you play it, you look at the top four of your library, reveal a creature card, and put it into your hand. And then, if you control four or more creatures, you transform it. Now, that front side by itself, in a creature-heavy deck like mine with like um, a green deck, basically any green deck, uh, is great because you can you know filter out and get the exact targeted creatures you need. And because my deck is also a tokens deck, it's super easy to flip this card. And once you flip it, you get the greatest land ever printed for our format, Gaia's Cradle. You get You do get Gaia's Cradle. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, dude, you already have four creatures on the table, so getting a free Gaia's Cradle is tapped for four mana immediately. But you're not just gonna have four creatures because you're playing green. Come on. This card <laughs> is absurd. This card is How is this card not mythic? Right. And how is this card not banned in EDH? But what this taught me was that, A, it's not super abusive. <laughs> it's really, really good, but it's not like the end of the universe good. Um, and just like Guy's Cradle is not the end of the universe good. It's not banned, but it, you can do dumb things with it. But they just put out in Rivals the new uh, flip card that turned into Telerian Academy, which I've been trying. And that makes me think that Telerian <laughs> Academy probably doesn't need to be banned either because it's good, but it's not I, like end of the universe good. In EDH specifically, you could have a case, but as soon as you unban Telerian Academy in any other format, oh, no, never. that not format in a becomes years. turn one, turn one Telerian Academy win. Um, yeah, but the likelihood of that in EDH is just not so... It's not so. Do you know what the problem card with Telerian Academy is, and it should be banned immediately. Mm. Ornithopter. 
<laughs> now you're playing with power songs. I love Ornithopter. My problem is that I, I can only do. use one Ornithopter at a time in my deck. I would play against a full Ornithopter deck. Well, the thing is, like... I'd even let you put one in the command zone as long as it was a contraption. Well, no, I would just use the Ornithopter Legend from uh, Aether Revolt. Heart of... Uh, yes. A heart of whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. A Girapur. Heart of... Yeah. yeah. So, going right to Vietnamot, it Limok. The two dinosaurs in the background who are peeking over at the humans doing their thing. <laughs> what do you think they're saying to one another? Uh, do you want to go to the salad bar? <laughs> oh, is it Sunday already? <laughs> there you go, listeners. I want a caption competition. The artwork of Growing Rights of Itlamok. If you uh, tweet over to me at Copain26, we'll read the- what those two dinosaurs are saying to one another. I will read out the best ones next time we record. <laughs> yeah, man. I love this card. It's stupid, but I love it. So what did you pick for Ixalan? Ixalan. So Ixalan is an interesting set. And interesting is normally a very lazy word to the people that don't really have an opinion on something you use. Uh, I think it is truly interesting in that there's nothing obviously great for EDH so you have to mine a bit but then a card in there that is unlike Rivals of Ixalan which we won't be talking about but is full of amazing EDH cards Sunbird's Invocation from regular Ixalan though is the red mind's dilation and has potential for hilarity and is kind of the essence of red at the moment as we are with red in a card. So red as a colour for EDH is always struggled with a problem in that some of the things it likes to do are either not socially acceptable for our format, arguably, in a lot of playgroups, or doesn't play very well into a format because it's kind of built for 1v1 aggression. So they've been doing a thing with exiling cards and casting them for free or exiling cards and having access to them as extra cards in your hand in red, which I like. Sunbird's Invocation exemplifies this. So it's an enchantment. It's red. It's five and a red. Whenever you cast a spell from your hand, reveal the top X cards of your library, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. You may cast a card revealed this way with the converted mana cost X or less without paying its mana cost and put the rest at the bottom of your library in any order. That's amazing. Every time you cast a spell from your hand, you get a free spell. This is just, it's so good. And in red. I struggle to think of a red deck that's not going to want it unless you're playing something that's really low mana curve efficiency. And it's just, well, I mean, Itali probably didn't want this because it duplicates the effect, but this card is just like, look, red struggled with card advantage. Red struggled with card draw. And being able to get free spe- I mean it costs six but we're playing EDH how hard is it to get to six mana in EDH um, it's not hard it's just this is oh, god the the fact that this is without paying its mana cost that sells this card by itself it's really just and look if you even if you brick and you pull like four lands well you shove them on the bottom not a problem now you're gonna four yeah, lands deeper you've, you've smoothed out your next four draws yeah, this card is just it's utility and it's like efficiency is so good. 
like this card is definitely like ripe for figuring. I mean, the thing I'll say about Ixalan is that it did so good for mono red decks. Finally, or yeah. even just like red in EDH in general, got a real, real huge boost from this set. It, I agree completely. Uh, red recently has become, I think 2017 in general, has made red a much more viable color. Yeah. And from looks of what we got from Rivals of Ixalan, red is getting super juiced as well. Um I think the days of saying that red is the worst, weakest EDH color, particularly mono red, are gone. I think that rather crappy mantle now goes to mono white. Uh, well, I mean, the SRAM deck by itself, the SRAM mono white deck is super good. And I get the feeling that the <laughs> Ballad mono white deck would also be really good. But you're right. If you go mono red now, right? So you've got Itali. Perforos, Kikijiki, Krenko. Um, Krenko is so what's good. His, what's his face? Artifact. Old old man of an artifact. Uh, Doretti? Fetish. No, but that is one. Uh, old Felden. Felden <laughs> of the third part. I love Felden. I mean, that's without... There's probably others. There's some solid Jaya Ballard builds out there. You know, for Mono White, uh, Saram, as you say... Elash Norn, there is a deck. Um, probably an Angel's White? deck. Darian has a deck. Yeah, I mean... That's okay. Let's, uh, I'll try and think. I feel like there's one I've missed. There are a few Mono White. Uh, who the hell is good in Mono White? Exactly. So the fact that I could just rattle five or six off the top of my head with Mono Red, Mono White, I get to three or four and start struggling for Thor. So, yeah, you know, anyways, I think, though, I think our point is still Sunbird's Invocation and Itali go a long way to making Mono Red viable again. Yeah, not too shabby. And that concludes our list of our each five favorite cards. Um, Phil picked his five from the year. He didn't follow the brief entirely. I'll just give you Phil's list quickly. Uh, so his number one, oh, we won't talk about it, but his number one pick was Vorinclex. <laughs> his number two pick was Urobrask. <laughs> his number three pick was Gingitaxius. <laughs> Four pick was Shaeldred. And number five pick, Elash Norn. Gosh, would you? So what do you think of Phil's list? I mean, he's gone for five from Iconic Masters. <laughs> well, I was thinking actually the five that he had picked for his cards were uh, Island, Swamp, <laughs> Mountain, Forest. And I believe this fifth one is actually Plains. Wow. I mean, he's got a good point here. He says you can't actually cast spells without this kind of card. So which means that they are objectively and subjectively powerful. Also, they're very budgety. Like they're not going to tax the <laughs> right. I mean, too much. what one gumball will get you a thousand? <laughs> <laughs> hey, my my old Jess genuinely hands them out for free. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyways, well, so uh, that was good. I enjoyed that. Like looking back at cards from over the year and. It, I'm pleased Aether Revolt crept in so I could talk about Paradox Engine again. Yeah, that's a good old card. So um, I think we can 
call it a show, actually. It's been quite a good week, a good time to just review 2017, right as Rivals has just come out. And we're now ramping into what's looking to be a really cool year with uh, Rivals, Dominaria, Masters 25, Ravnica, I'm guessing, is the one that's coming in the fall uh, based on the story that just came out. Are we getting a return to Return to Ravnica? Return to Return to Ravnica. Re-return. Everyone loves Ravnica, and I'm a big two-color guy, so I can't lie, I'm... uh very excited already so with that in mind uh listeners you rock thank you all for hanging out with us and uh we're just you know stretching our muscles getting ready for a brand new year of podcasting and we're looking forward to being able to bring you the best in commander content for the next 300 some odd days yep um each week we like to call out some patrons, but I don't have access to the list, so we will do double next time. You know time. what? This week we will call out all of you. Each and every one of all you of who you. has given us a dollar a show or any amount of money, we are eternally grateful for you. We are so glad that you're here with us, and we hope that we can continue to bring you cool content over the year. And uh, thank you for your continued support. Without you guys, we couldn't do this. Um, We couldn't do things like getting cool review cards, preview cards, or getting senior designers of the game to come on the show and do interviews and all that stuff is purely down to you ladies and gents out there. Uh, So, Shivam, I think in a non-English language, you should take us out. Hi. Ja, mata ne. Which means see you next time in <laughs> I was, Japanese. I was shorter than I thought it was going to Yeah, be. I was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say super sweet, totally awesome in uh, Hindi? Super sweet, totally awesome in Hindi. That's how you say it. <laughs> well, aren't we Actually, a I have like no idea. I would have to sit and like spend some large amount of time figuring that out. So instead, we're just going to say, on behalf of Phil, thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Commander in.